following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Outsider Show. Congratulations. You played yourself. Have no fear, the sports entertainers are here. I am the heel that seals the deal of villain, stays chilling, the anti-hero of the IWC, your boy Mr. Rated R. And I'm joined by my tag team partner making his return. He's the analysis of the L-O-C. He's the man that put the honor back in Ring of Honor before Chris Jericho did. <laughs> He's a straight shooter on Twitter. When it comes to wrestling, he has a radar from the mean streets of Long Island. Yo, 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 I am back. What's going on, bro? What's up, bro? I know we were talking off air, but, you know, for the audience, how are you doing? What's going on, bro? Uh, yeah, you know, talking off, off air a lot about a lot of stuff, but yep. uh, hanging in there day by day. Things just, uh, sometimes, sometimes life sucks. And yep. then, you know. You have good days, you have bad days, and uh, it's hard to really describe unless you're, like, in that type of mindset, but, um, hey, I'm here, mm-hmm. let's, let's make today a good day, and, uh, yeah, you know, positive vibes, that's, that's really all I can say. That's all we could do, bro, especially with this weather changing, like, it's already hoodie weather. The year's flying by, time's flying by, the days fly by, I mean, the weeks, the months, I mean, geez, man, like, it's it's crazy how much time flies, and it's, yeah... I know that that's it's it's crazy. My dad used to always say like how as we get older, time just seems to go like quicker and faster for whatever reason. Yeah, it, it couldn't be any more true, and it's it really is uh, like you, you know when you're little, you're in school and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Like I feel like everything just goes by so slow. Yep. And then like right after you like you graduate, you get out of high school, you go to college, or whatever. Like that's when everything starts to speed up. And people have said that you know grown up, and you know you just don't. You're like, yeah, you know, whatever. But and when you, when it actually happens, you're like, shit, people were right. Yeah, I know. It's fucking nuts. But um, we're here. That's why I always say being an adult fucking sucks. <laughs> we, yeah. I always tell that it, to people. It definitely does. Uh, you know, people always said to me, don't get old. And, right. Yeah, now I know what they mean. So. All right, dude. Before we get started, give me a second. Could his hashtag rebel time. Let's start with some unfortunate news. Um, the wrestling world did lose Antonio Noki, I believe Friday evening. He passed away at the age of 79, a wrestling legend, not just in Japan, but all around the world, especially with his Muhammad Ali stuff back in, I think, the 70s, late 70s, if I'm not mistaken, and then his matches with Ric Flair. He was he was a legend in Japan and legend in wrestling overall, so, you know, rest in peace to Antonio Noki. Yeah, founder of New Japan, right? Yep. Um, oh yeah, just what a legend! Um, 
kind of out of nowhere. You know, I know he was uh, older, but I didn't really know if he was sick or anything like that. So when I saw it, I was pretty surprised. But uh, yeah, really, really sad. The guy contributed so much to the business, especially in Japan. Um, WWE Hall of Famer as well. Yep. I don't know if many people know that, but um, yeah, it's just uh, it's very sad to, to see that happen. And uh, yeah, may he rest in peace. Yeah, I saw a lot of. Uh... People in the wrestling world, you know, uh, tweeting out their their tributes to Antonio Inoki. You know, from Tony Khan to Triple H to Mick Foley, uh, so many others. Shinsuke Nakamura, obviously. Besides just founding New Japan, New Japan being the founder of New Japan and just being an icon in wrestling, you know, he definitely touched the the hearts of his fellow um, brothers and sisters. Yeah, he definitely did. Like I said, you know, he he made a huge impact and. You know, whether it's in wrestling or in life, it's like, you know, when you're living on this earth, your goal should be, and even like, you know, for somebody like me and you, you know, you got to make a difference in people's lives, no, no matter what you do, or you have to try at least, and then, you know, when you leave this earth, uh, you know, your, your impact, yep. you know, your legacy, whatever, uh, will hopefully be long-lasting, so, and, and that's exactly what he did, so mission accomplished, he had a hell of a life, uh, you know, in wrestling and, and outside as well, so, uh yeah, just really, really unfortunate. Seventy nine years old, which that's old. But, yeah. You know, like you know, you, you see a lot of elderly people uh, live past that age, and I don't, like I said, I don't know what type of health issues right, they right, have, right, if right. any. But um, really, really sad, regardless. And uh, yeah, he'll definitely be missed. I think with wrestlers is a little bit different, but obviously, people that are like in the limelight, you know, celebrities, musicians, etc. So they could yeah. kind of take care better themselves than we do. Like I was just looking at a picture, like I was scrolling through something on, on I don't know if it was like an Instagram or Facebook, and it was like a comparison of like Cher, right, from her in the seventies, and yo, she looks, you know, pretty well maintained in her seventies. Like you wouldn't even tell she's seventies, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my, my grandma made sure SP, she passed last year, but she was 90 years old and she literally looked like she could pass for 70. So, yeah, yeah it's it's like like you said, it's just, uh, yeah, it depends on, on the person, I guess. But, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's different. And mm-hmm. like I said, unfortunately, some people outlive others and it's, you know, it is what it is. But Yeah, rest in peace, Antonio Noki. Let's, um, let's talk about some WWE because some great stuff is happening in WWE. I ended up talking with Brady a good amount of stuff with just the different storylines happening. But uh, Triple H did make an announcement, and now it's going on to two weeks ago, so I want to get your thoughts on that first. And that's War Games is going to be part of the Survivor Series card. What's your thoughts on that, dude? Yeah, it's so awesome, man. I know. (laughs) I I love how Triple H is just changing everything, making everything feel special. Survivor Series has not felt special in, God, like years. I can't even remember the last really really good survivor series pay-per-view that we had and i feel like war games fits into the survivor series so well um you know take it away from nxt because you know nxt is what it is nowadays i just feel like it's war games is way more interesting on the main roster thousand percent boy man i i I definitely can't wait i i said i was probably like not going (laughs) to any of these events but dude like it's hard like how do you pass up going to war games especially like for us, the drive to Boston is not uh, not that difficult to do. Dude, I want to go. Um, so I want to yeah, go. I I definitely consider it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty pumped up. It's they're gonna do two war games, uh, women's and a men's, and uh, it's it's just awesome, man. Everything Triple H is doing is great. I originally did think about Survivor Series. I was like, depending on how the card is, you know, I might want to go. And then I'm like, you know what? I'll just watch it at home. You know, I'm I'm sure you know I, I could miss it out. But now that with the war games announcement, I'm like. 
Oh, fuck it, let me go. I haven't bought anything yet. I uh, recently, um, shout out to Sam, Sammy Suplex. Uh, we ended up getting our tickets for full gear. So that's already set in stone. We're going to full gear. Survivor Series, bro. Now War Games, I, I'm really considering going. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm leaning towards it. Dude, this shit happens all the time. I say, I'm not going, I'm not going, I'm not going. They announce something amazing, and I'm like, well, I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> Every single time, man. But, uh,. Yeah, like I said, it's really hard to pass up. I mean, the first ever, uh, you know, well, not the first ever, but the first war right. games on the right. main roster, God knows how long, you know, the WWE version, it's, you know, that's got to be must-see, so. All right, I do want to bring back the war games conversation a little bit, but I do want to touch on how, have you noticed that, like, Monday Night Raws and, like, SmackDowns have been feeling like, feeling like go-home shows, even if it's not, like, the weekend of the pay-per-view, for example, this past week for Extreme Rules, but Extreme Rules is not until this weekend coming up. Yeah, dude, the build has been so good for, like, literally everything. Like, dude, I, I, like, I don't want to sit here and just be like, oh, yeah, like, Everything is great. Everything is great. Everything right. is great. But like, dude, everything right now really has been great. Like that they've been doing. Like everything they've been building towards. All the storylines. All the matches. You know, just we have not seen build up to matches on pay per view like this in a while. Like you know, like it's. I'm not going to say Vince never built up matches from pay per views, but literally, like everything on Raw and SmackDown, it seems like. Everything has a purpose. Everything, you know, means something. Everything furthers, uh, you know, something else. And it's like, oh, like, what's going to happen, you know, the next week? And they, and they set things up. And that they're announcing, you know, matches and segments and things for the following weeks. And I can't really remember Vince doing that all that much, too. Like, uh, like on a Friday night SmackDown. Like, he's not announcing what's going on on next week's SmackDown. Like, and not trying to compare it, but it feels very, like, AW Dynamite, right? How towards, like, right before the main event... Excalibur says like 15 different matches that are happening next week like in a matter of like 30 seconds you know what I'm saying yeah yeah and I don't know if that's like if they're copying AEW in a way I mean, well it's working matter, whether it's are, copy or uh, it's intentional it's working I don't care if it right, is or it right. isn't yeah no totally like I said it's everything has, has been great it's like you feel like when you watch a Raw or a Smackdown uh, you're not wasting your entire night because like you're actually watching stuff that like means something and that's all i've ever wanted i don't want to waste my time when i'm sitting there on Mondays and friday nights i mean not that i do i don't sit there i don't want to really watch smackdown on fridays but, right right, right. Uh, you know i skim through on a mm -hmm. dvr or I, or I check on social media but raw three hours of raw on monday like dude it, it, it was a chore and now I, I feel like it's less of a chore i mean listen there's a lot of things on there still that i skip through and i don't really like want to sit through and watch but most of the stuff has has a meaning and has purpose and really that's that's all i could ask for you know right now my biggest critique when it comes to the wwe product uh and this is all seriousness because i know we joked around before how you know one of the uh, wwe's problems that they still have is that they don't have like a good like entrance theme to pump you know pump up the show like in the beginning right the intro right like that's still like something like i think they really need to change they need to change both theme songs for both raw and smackdown give me something with some energy give me something pumped up to watch the show what i haven't been enjoying is just this whole Bianca, Alexa, Asuka damage control storyline. Because it feels like it's repetitive every single week. Like, I, that's something I haven't been enjoying at all. Also, if, I don't know if you noticed this, but like, if you look at Alexa Bliss's facial reactions every time she's in these segments, she does not want to be there whatsoever. And I know this week we got uh, Candice LeRae uh, making her re debut, this time like on Monday Night Raw. 
but I I would have done that a little bit differently because I would have probably picked another like town to do it, like maybe like a Florida or maybe like a a Cleveland, Ohio or something, be or like obviously like New York, like Brooklyn or something because. Man, the Canada, like, they did not pop for her at all. So I probably would have maybe, I don't know, maybe promoted her with, like, vignette packages. Like, hey, she's going to come or she's going to make her debut soon. And then have her debut, like, somewhere else, like like a Philly or, like, a Brooklyn or something. Because she did not really get a decent pop at all in Canada. Yeah, well, they did the same thing they did with Johnny Gargano. They just, they, they just out of nowhere, they just debuted her uh, without, you know, any, like like you said any teases or video packages or none of the dirt sheets even like reporting about her, about it or anything like that so um and she's been gone for so long and she was never really like a big big top name um in nxt you know like i've always been a huge fan of her i think she's outstanding yep me i don't too. think she's as well known as like johnny gargano is obviously i know she was involved in some of his storylines stuff like that um but Maybe that's why too. Um, I mean, I don't know. She, she. I thought it was a, it was an okay reaction. It wasn't like a. There wasn't like nobody. It wasn't a dud, but it, it. I don't know, man. It wasn't. It wasn't necessarily a loud reaction either. Yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't like this like insane pop that you would expect for somebody to come back or somebody who hasn't been around in like a year, mm-hmm. um, like she has. So, uh, but hey, I'm happy she's there. I'm, I've always been a huge fan of her. It's refreshing to see. Like I said, Triple H is bringing all of these guys and girls, all of his kids, uh, to the main roster one after another. Um, and it's, like you said, it's 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 just, I don't know. To me, it's just very refreshing to see. But, yeah, I mean, if you just do something like this where they just, like, announce it without any, like, teaser or anything, it's, it's kind of hard to, you know, expect a huge reaction. What do you think about like this whole women's storyline that they're doing right now? I think it ultimately is going to lead to a war games, but this ladder match at Extreme Rules between Bailey and Bianca, you think Bailey's going to take this title from her or what do you think? I I hope not, honestly, cuz I just feel like the first Bianca Belair title run uh was just an absolute disaster after mm-hmm. she beat Sasha mm-hmm. for that belt at, at mm-hmm. WrestleMania 37. So I just feel like now they had a chance to right their wrong and give her a decent title reign. So to just take it off of her to give it to Bailey, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised because I understand with damage control and everything, they're the tag champs, and and then she could be the women's champ. Uh, but I don't know. I wouldn't do it. I think Bianca is one of the best, if not the best woman on, on the current roster right now. Like, she's super talented, and just I love everything that she's doing, which, honestly, is not really saying much because she's not really doing much um, at the moment. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I would pull it off of her and... As far as like the women's storyline goes, I really don't care about it either, to be honest. I mean, the, so you know, the women's segments, like I don't know if it's good, like it does something for me. But if it doesn't, if it's not good, like it does absolutely nothing for me. And I don't know, I've just been over Alexa Bliss for the longest time now. I just don't care about what she does. Oscar um, hasn't really done anything that like interesting in a while either. I know she was injured; she came back. You know, Dakota Kai and Io Sky are great. But other than that, yeah, the women's division is kind of like, eh. Even, like, the Liv Morgan, Ronda Rousey stuff is not really, like, doing anything for me, I'll be honest. If, if you've noticed, both Bianca Belair's WrestleMania women's matches, she defeated horsewomen, right? First it was Sasha, then it was Becky. You know, I wouldn't mind if they tell this story for the next two WrestleMania where she defeats all the horsewomen. So, like, yeah. let's say if Bailey indeed takes... 
the title from Bianca. You just have Bailey go on this run till Mania. And, you know, if you remember, if you recall, Bianca, she won the Rumble in front of the Thunderdome. It wasn't in front of fans. So maybe yeah. give her that moment at the Rumble. Because, like, right now, if you look at the women's roster, who's hot right now? Like, right, right. There's, there's no one that's really hot. Like, now we were, we were very opinionated on how... Bianca lost the title at SummerSlam with uh, with Becky and how she lost it in, I don't know, like six seconds. I forget how many seconds it was. And we were like, yo, how do you do that to her? You know, she didn't lose her momentum at all. Like, you know, they, they cooled her down and she was still getting loud pops and they kind of just build her back up again. You know, not saying that she's going to lose the title like in 10 seconds, but, you know, you have her lose the title, maybe shady in shady ways with damage control getting involved, etc., and then you have Bailey go on this run, and you kind of cool down Bianca a little bit. You give her, maybe you do like a War Games match, you know, at Survivor Series. Maybe ultimately she wins the Rumble again, and you kind of give her that moment now in front of a crowd. And hey, maybe she challenges Bailey at WrestleMania. Yeah, listen, I don't hate that. I could definitely see them doing that. I just feel like it's the same story that they just did with her and Becky, and I don't really know how interested fans are going to be if it's literally the a carbon copy of the same exact thing right you know, where she drops the title and then she goes on this run and yeah she didn't win the royal rumble but she did you know grab a number one contendership and got that title match at mania and then took the title from becky um listen it is what it is if they do go that route but i just i don't know i, I would like something a little bit more creative and interesting from their end well triple h uh, is booking now so i'm sure he could create a good story for it oh yeah yeah, no doubt. Something that we're uh, not even fucking thinking about right now. Yeah, right. I'm sure he's, like, cooking up. Yeah, right. Dude, he's, he's been cooking up shit that I, I don't <laughs> even think would he be possible right. to do. <laughs> right. So, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, uh, I wouldn't hate it. Uh, just as long as they keep Bianca Belair being, like, one of the, the faces of the women's division. Because I just think she's super talented not to be, like, you know, the face of the division. And, like you said, too, like, who else is hot right now? Like, Listen, really nobody. nobody. And honestly, right. Bianca's not even that hot right now. So right. like, if she's not even that hot and she should be the face of the division, the then, you know, who is? So. That's why I'm thinking, like, maybe you take the, maybe here's the opportunity to take the title off of her. And then you kind of just build their back up slowly. Tell, like, the Rumble or whatever, you know, whatever they decide to fucking do. Because, like you said, there's nobody, there's nobody hot right now. Like, Raquel, she's cold as ice you know they they just brought that atrocious tank they gave it back to Shotzi I'm, I know some people are fan of the, the tank I'm not one of them I think the tank is god awful but you know they gave it back to her so it seems like she's in line for a push but she's not quite there yet they have Asuka always dancing around as usual Alexa Bliss she looks like she doesn't even want to be there it's specifically this story because you could tell by her facial expression she's just like whatever she's kind of just going with emotions who else is who else is there Charlotte, she's MIA. Becky's hurt. I mean, yeah, on the Raw side, that's pretty much. I Becky's mean... hurt. You know, you got the Liv Morgan, Ronda Rousey stuff, and I feel like right. the whole Liv Morgan run has been a complete botch. Yeah, totally. I mean, I could have told you that was going to happen too. I'm sure they'll take the title off of her though at Extreme Rules. Um, Nobody wants to see Ronda, Ronda Rousey. Rousey. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Right now, the the only person I could you know see winning the Royal Rumble as of now, you know, they could always you know get someone hot again but right now the only person i could see winning the rumble is maybe a bianca yeah yeah as of right now yeah I if mean, she like, loses the title i don't know i don't know right now women's wrestling across all the entire board too not even just wwe and i'm sure we'll get into it but even in AEW, i don't know women's wrestling has just been shit lately man like i don't know if they 
like nobody just knows how to book them or whatever or um, I don't know just nothing interesting like there's no interesting woman that I'm going out of my way to see in any uh, of the major companies right now right. so and, and it's sad if, if they do do the route that you're talking about where they have to you know take the belt off her to build Bianca back up like I said this is the second time this happens like why can't they get it right where they give the title give her the title and keep her hot like I, why are you always giving her the title and then it's like oh gotta build her back up again drop the yeah. title like to me I just like why can't you get it right you know yeah I agree 1000% it's frustrating yeah it definitely is all right, let's talk about some other stuff. So they announced yesterday, I think it was um, Ariel Halani. He announced that Daniel Cormier is going to be the special referee for this fight pit match between Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins. I think that's pretty cool, man, at Extreme Rules. Yeah, that's that's super cool. I mean, uh, for anybody who's not, like, um, you know, familiar with him or anything, he's an MMA legend. He just hung it up recently. Yep. Uh, he, he, you know, had that amazing you know rivalry with john jones unfortunately never got the job done never he even really challenged lesnar at one point <laughs> yeah yeah dude he uh, daniel cormier is a massive wrestling fan mm-hmm. too and i don't mm-hmm. think a lot of people know that too i remember a famous video of him marking the hell out when seth rollins cashed in the money in the bank at wrestlemania yep. Yep. 31 california and i think rollins is one of his favorite wrestlers so uh, for him to be involved in this i'm not sure how it came about they said like more details will come out on uh Monday, you know, on Raw, and I'm sure the dirt sheets will, you know, investigate it further to see how this all came about, but not something I was expecting. Super cool, out of nowhere, and definitely makes that, I mean, I was already interested in that match um, already, but definitely, definitely cool to see Daniel Cormier going to be on WWE television. Yeah, it's definitely cool as hell, man. This whole Extreme Rules card feels like Extreme Rules because every match has a stipulation. It That's what Extreme Rules was originally meant to be. Every match was supposed to have a stipulation. And then Vince and company, within the last 10 years, decided, like, eh, we're going to make it regular rules and have one Extreme match. But every match has a stipulation, which I love. Like, this whole Extreme Rules card, it's like, fuck, man, if I wasn't going to GCW next week, I would want to go to Extreme Rules. <laughs> I know, I know. It's crazy. Extreme Rules pay-per-view with every match being an Extreme Rules stipulation match. Like, go figure. What a concept, right? Like, it's not really hard to do, Vince. But, yeah, it's it's great. It's awesome. The card looks great. And, like I said, with no world title match, too. Yeah. And really no, like, yeah. I mean, I didn't even think any of the mid-card titles are being defended, right? Like, they're just, nope. these are just, right, like, just grudge matches. But, like, they're matches that have been, like, you know, rivalries that have been going on for quite some time now. And, and, you know, we get some new matchups, like a Karrion Cross and Drew McIntyre, which yep. I'm looking forward to seeing. Um, yeah, man, dude, I, I I love this card. It's great. I mean, if this is, like, a sign of, like, what all these pay-per-views, like, even these B-level pay-per-views. Yeah, because this is a B-pay-per-view. It's not oh, a major one. Right, right. It's, it's crazy. It's awesome. I love it. Um, I definitely considered going, too, but I got a lot of shit going on mm-hmm. next weekend, so I'm not going to make the trip for it. But it's it, it would definitely be a trip worth, worth taking yeah. because, like I said, this card is that good. One thousand percent. I'm sure you're gonna have positive things to say, but have you? How much have you been enjoying the Bloodline Sammy Zayn story of it all? It's it's one of my favorite things <laughs> in wrestling in general. I mean, oh my it's, god, it's, so good! It's super entertaining. I did not expect myself to be this invested in it, um, you know, from the beginning. But man, oh man, like that whole segment where like uh, tr- um, Roman swerved us and ended up giving yep. him the shirt honorary use oh dude i must have watched that like 74 times (laughs) it was so funny i i couldn't get over it i love how this past week on friday you know obviously roman wasn't there or jimmy for that matter but 
you still had the further of storytelling and seeds planted on how Solo Sokoa has a relationship with Sammy. They all individually have relationships with Sammy except Jay. And Jay's now confronting Sammy, telling him, like, I know you got this family full. Like, don't you even think about, like, turning your back on us or whatever. Like, because you're not even fooling me. Like, he's, like, testing Sammy. And Sammy's telling him, listen, this is our locker room. Like, he's, like, now he's now he's going back at, at Jay. Also, so there's already a seed planted there. And then you later see Kevin Owens walking backstage. And he sees Sammy just sitting down, hanging out. And he tells, like, you need a new shirt, buddy. You're already getting seeds planted of what's ultimately going to happen later on. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. It's gold. It's like, man, like, they already... It feels like long-term storytelling. Like, they already know what the plans are going to be for the future. Yep. I mean, it's, it's great. It's crazy. Yeah, it's so good, dude. It's so good. Another story that I've been enjoying, which... Rewind back, like, four months ago when Vince was still in charge. I'm... I wouldn't even think of even saying this. It was like probably a story that I just didn't want to see anymore because they they completely botched it at the time. But now they've recovered it very well. And that's his Judgment Day storyline. Just the real Ripley and Dominic, like whatever relationship is happening there. And now you have Damian Priest kind of having like a secondary feud with Matt Riddle. And then now you have Finn Balor and AJ kind of like going at each other so like i just love this whole judgment day story that they're doing right now and then edge returned last week and now he's gonna have a match with balor at extreme rules i just really been enjoying the direction of judgment day yeah dude that edge and balor match has been long overdue in my opinion i thought that was gonna happen back at SummerSlam, but i'm glad we're finally getting it because i'm really looking forward to that uh, yeah, it's just really been great. Everything they've been doing with Dom and and uh, yeah, the presentation of them has been great. I would love to know like uh, what the overall end game goal is gonna be. You know, for them, like you know, are they gonna end up going for championship gold at some point? You know, or, or something like that. Um, I definitely feel like at some point if, to keep them hot, they're gonna have to. Yep. But um, yeah, right now I I don't really have many complaints. I'm, I've been enjoying you know everything that that they've been doing. Like I said, the, the insertion of Dom in there has been intriguing. And now Edge coming back. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, Finn trying to recruit people to join the group every week. And it's, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's really good stuff. Shout-outs to Brady from the Hugh Marks. We were talking about the War Games concept uh, for Survivor Series. And we were kind of, like, kind of fantasy booking real quick, like, the direction of War Games. Obviously, we know there's going to be two War Games matches. We would think it will be one women's and one men's. So, originally, last week, I was saying how, you know, I could see, like, the bloodline, all five of them, going at, like, maybe a super team, you know, from both Raw and SmackDown. Because, let's say, you know, the brand split obviously has been out the door for the last couple months, right? So, it'll be like a super team combination, kind of like the Avengers getting together to face off the bloodline at War Games. Now, I'm starting to think differently, just based on how I'm seeing Judgment Day move. And if you notice, this past week on Raw, Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins, they low-key had a banger on Monday Night Raw. And we obviously know the history between Seth Rollins and the Mysterios. And Dominic was supporting Rollins. So now I'm starting to have a change of, uh, like, heart. And I'm thinking, like, you know what? Especially with now, individually, they're having their own, like, different feuds now. I could see how now Judgment Day... And Rollins could be in a War Games match against 
let's say, an AJ, a Matt Riddle, a Rey Mysterio, and then you insert, like, a fourth there. I could kind of see that now. That could definitely be a possibility. Uh, I mean, one way or another, the bloodline's got to be involved in war games, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, you, well, you, you would see, think you so. would think that, but then I started thinking too. I think people are kind of overshadowing, like, okay, we're gonna get war games, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean that we're not gonna see a traditional Survivor Series match. So I could see Bloodline being in a traditional Survivor Series match or a war games match. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, yeah, I, I would take that either way. Yeah, listen, I, I don't know, man. There's so many different directions that they can go with it. I firmly believe Triple H is gonna, uh, you know make it interesting and uh it's gonna be great no matter what but yeah i mean that's definitely possible you know judgment day and then somebody like a rollins or uh you know somebody who's obviously not even in the group could Mm -hmm. just team up with them and who knows maybe like it could be not even somebody like rollins maybe i don't even know who else on the roster but somebody who teams with them and then eventually becomes a member of the group you know like Mm -hmm. because they they end up winning or or whatnot um yeah listen there's so many different directions they could go it's 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 crazy because I never thought I'd be so interested because when the Judgment Day first, you know, uh, they turned on Edge and, and you know, uh, Finn Balor was, was the leader. I was like, all right, this group is dead. Like, without Edge, this group is dead. <laughs> like, I don't really care about it. But they've definitely found a way to turn it around. And, uh, you know, I kind of forgot Edge was even involved in the group. Yeah. Today, yep. It's crazy. Yeah, it, it's kind of gotten their own, like, second life, if you will, without Edge. And it seems... It, to me, it's kind of even hitting more now that Edge is not involved, and now Edge is the one like facing off with them. So the original super team idea that I had, like kind of like the Avengers getting together to face off like the Bloodline, I could see that more towards like a Survivor Series match because it, it'll be five on five. So you get like someone like a Drew McIntyre, a Kevin Owens, a Johnny Gargano, maybe the Street Profits versus the Bloodline, and then you could have a War Games match with. Judgment Day and Rollins tagging versus, let's say, Edge, AJ, Mysterio, and Matt Riddle. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that. That's yeah. definitely possible. And, you know, it's funny because with two War Games matches, I wonder what the rest of the, the Survivor Series card's going to be because I'm sure a lot of big heavy hitters are going to be involved in the War Games match or matches. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, hmm, like I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what the rest of the card looks like. Like you said, if we do get a, another traditional 5 on 5, and that takes a lot more people. Um, you know, out of, like, one-on-one singles matches for, like, undercard matches and stuff. So, like, yeah, man, like, <laughs> everybody's going to get on the Survivor Series card this year, it feels like. It would be pretty funny, and, and I, I don't see this happening, but it would be funny if, like, Triple H is, like, in tune with, like, everything else that's happening, like, wrestling, like, let's say, like, a GCW, whatever, and he looks at, like, scramble ladder match concept, you know, that they oh, do God. at their, like, Art of War games, and, like, Bobby Lashley, we're going to do something different this year for War Games. You know, since we have two rings, we're going to do a scramble ladder match. And you're going to defend your United States Championship in that. Dude, I'd pop so hard. <laughs> It'll be so dope, bro. You just see Lashley just throwing people. He'll be like the Shane Mercer of the match. Just grabbing people and just tossing them. <laughs> oh, my God. It, it will never happen, but it, it it would be hilarious if it did. Hey, hey, dude, with, with Triple H involved, I'm not putting anything <laughs> past this man, okay? <laughs> it would be so dope, though. It really would. All right. Let's, um, we haven't, I don't think we talked about this. I don't remember us talking about this in uh, two episodes ago, so we're going to talk about it now. Let's talk about the white rabbit of it all. 
All right, because everybody's talking about this White Rabbit, and everybody keeps playing themselves because they think like, oh, he's gonna make his debut on 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 Raw. Oh, he's gonna get his. We're gonna get the reveal on SmackDown. Listen, if you think you're gonna get this fucking reveal on Raw or SmackDown, you're a fucking idiot. This has to be Bray Wyatt, right? Yeah, yeah. Listen, all these other theories about. You know, all these, all these freaking marks are going, oh, well, you know, uh, Karrion Cross's uh, character in Lucha Underground was the wife. Dude, I don't care about Lucha Underground. Nobody cares about Lucha Underground. <laughs> Triple H doesn't care about Lucha Underground. It doesn't freaking matter what his gimmick was in Lucha Underground. If it was the White Rabbit, the Red Rabbit, the Purple Rabbit, it's not Karrion Cross, okay? He's already been on the main roster. Right, it would He's make no involved. fucking sense. He's involved in something with Drew McIntyre. Yeah, I mean, what would the end game be? Now, I'm not saying that this guy can't be involved with Bray Wyatt if, if and when it ends up being Bray Wyatt, uh, because I think that's a possibility if Bray puts together a stable and Karrion Cross wants to be involved in that. Sure, but this the whole White Rabbit thing, like the teasers, the the music, it's not Karrion Cross, dude. It's literally to me, it's obviously Bray Wyatt. Like it's not even like a, it's not even just like oh. It might be him. Like, to me, it's, like, brutally obvious mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, everything just looks like it would belong to him. Like, this is something that he would come up with and he would do. 1,000%. 1,000%. So if you've been if you've been following, like, the dirt sheets and what's being reported out there, all signs point to getting the reveal extreme rules. What do you think about that? Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where and and like how that fits into the show and who he goes for if he does debut there but hey it makes sense you know i mean the big debuts and stuff like that the big things the big angles they should happen on well i was gonna say pay-per-view but on premium live events (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's just listen we got we got the gargano debut on raw we got the candace debut on raw and we've been getting some some decent things on on weekly television you know mm-hmm. carrying crosses to re-debut um but something as big as this they've been teasing for a while well, the payoff should be on the pay-per-view right i mean it's a saturday night get people to tune in um yeah i i, I think it makes sense I'm, I'm intrigued to see if that does indeed happen and how it happens you know so my biggest question is like if he's gonna appear at extreme rules cool i'm happy but who is he gonna go after that's that's to me that's the bigger question than him showing up right because just look look at the landscape of extreme rules there's not really like a, a big heavy hitter on the show that's like in a in a top role if you make if you understand what i'm saying i don't know man like i could see a, a world where he shows up at survivor series and goes after roman because yeah. i feel like if you if, if we're getting this bray wire return you gotta like skyrocket this dude like you're not gonna have like a a meaningless B-level story for Bray Wyatt. No, if you're going to bring this guy back, you got to, like, skyrocket him to, like, the top, don't you? Yeah, no, I, I mean, 100%. I don't want to see him... I mean, I'm not like it's going to happen, but, like, because he's involved in something already. But, like, you know, I don't want to see him going for Finn Balor, you know? Like, we've already seen Bray Wyatt-Finn Balor matches, like, mm-hmm. ad nauseum already. Like, right. yeah, he needs to make an immediate impact and go for something, something big. The only problem with going for something like Roman's title is like he's obviously not going to win it. So it's like right off the bat, it's like, all right, you're going to hand him a loss already. Um, but I mean, I would definitely like, I would like to see him go for like a mid card title, you know? Um, but there's none really enough. <laughs> Imagine him going I after mean, like Walter or like Bobby Lashley. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, ugh, I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really don't see like. Where he really fits in to like 
I, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm really, I'm really, but this is great. Like this is great. Like no, right, right, not, right, like, right. Really obvious. Like mm-hmm. I love that. I don't know what's going to happen to where Triple H is going to place him and who he's going to feud with. Uh, it's it's going to be a surprise to all of us. And, and I mean, I have full confidence. I just hope Triple H finally books this guy right, you know, and gives him the creative freedom that he wants to go out there and do whatever he wants and you know listens to his ideas and uh, you know. Let's, let's get a good run of Bray Wyatt for once, you know? I think with Triple H at the Rome, and if Bray Wyatt has signed a new deal, he has to have some creative control, don't you think? Maybe not necessarily in a, like, oh, I got to win these significant amount of matches, but no, I'm talking about, like, the creative standpoint of his character. I think they're giving the book to Bray. I mean, I already feel like they already have. I mean, this mm-hmm. White Rabbit stuff has got to be... A good majority of it, it's got to be all his ideas. I mean, right. come on, you're not telling me Triple H just sitting back there thinking of all these QR codes and these little little <laughs> teaser things here and there. I mean, this is this has got to be a majority of Bray. Yeah, so it has to be. I do. Let's move on to some interesting stuff. So on Monday Night Raw, while we were all watching Monday Night Raw, if I'm not mistaken, at some point during the show, Malachi Black goes on live on our Instagram, and he goes on a full rant. Not, like, aggressively pissed off, but he's just, like, burying the dirt sheet, saying how, you know, don't believe everything you read, and he emphasized that he's still signed with AEW. He's just taking a break for his mental health, and he's just burying a lot of these dirt sheet writers and saying, like, he's going to be back in AEW. Um, He's just getting better, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And this led to a lot of these dirt sheet writers on the defensive. And then also a lot of the fan base kind of going at Malachi. I didn't understand that. I was having this conversation with, with Iridian, Lowe, and Casey about this. Because they were sending me screenshots from Twitter. Like some of the people going at like Malachi or just talking shit about Malachi. And I just didn't, I, I don't like, I don't know. Maybe you could fill me in on this. So maybe I'm missing something here, but... Like, I just don't get how you're pissed off at Malachi Black because now he's saying that he hasn't been granted his AEW release. Like, people tend to forget, like, things can get worked out, right? Maybe at one point Malachi Black did ask for his release, but then things got worked out. Or maybe Tony was like, listen, I'm not going to grant you your release, but I'm going to do X, Y, and Z for you. Like, people can't understand, like, things can't, like... Like, things can never work out. No, because if I want my release right now, then you can't change your mind later if somebody offers you something else. Also, like, whatever is going on with Malachi Black and his personal life, it's none of our fucking business. He doesn't owe us an explanation. He doesn't even owe us an Instagram Live of, of him explaining himself. Also, if you remember a couple weeks ago, it was after, like, the All Out stuff, he put on, like, this this really lengthy post of, like, what's been going on with him. And I remember, like, the last paragraph on that post, and he, he said in, in his post, don't believe everything that you read on the internet when it comes to my personal life, what's going on with my marriage and my mental health. So I just don't understand why all these fucking peckerheads are mad at this guy. Like, let this guy fucking be. We should be happy that he's going to come back at AEW at some point. Yeah, dude, it's, uh, I... I feel pissed off for Malachi Black too. Like I Oh, so like, you just, so you also don't even understand why people are mad. <laughs> what <laughs> dude, the fuck? I, I, I can't I can't seem to put my finger on that pulse. No, no, I, I really can't. It's 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 honestly disgusting. Um that you know, and it, it's sickening and annoying and frustrating to see talent having to do this. He had to spend his night on Instagram live explaining himself because <sighs> of all the false allegations and things maybe the allegations is not the right thing but like these false narratives about him 
are out there about his mental health, about his his contract, about his career, about his marriage. I mean, oh my god, dude! Like enough is enough. Listen, people think, and all these wrestling fans, they think they have access to these people's lives, these performers' lives. Yep. Like you said before, they don't know what's a damn thing. They already put their bodies on the line for us to entertain us. Um, you know, they're there for us enough. They also deserve a personal life to be normal human beings. And when dirt sheet writers and, you know, these fucking fat, gigantic, sweaty marks that sit on the couch all day long mm-hmm. love to analyze every single thing of, of, you know, all these people's careers and everything they read, they just believe it and they take it and they run with it and they make it their own and then they start making things up on their own which then you know it's just like a giant game of telephone where it's like you know it goes, he said she said and then you know you see these things that are just way out of left field and oh dude i'm so sick and tired of it it makes me like want to get off of twitter and social media in general right first of all i think if i got off of twitter and all that all these these you know social media platforms I would enjoy wrestling a lot more. Right. But unfortunately, it's like you kind of need this stuff to like know like some of the backstage stuff. Of course, if we're going to have a podcast, we need to have this stuff to be informed on things that go on. Right. But man, oh man, I just wish I could literally just get rid of all of it because it's so freaking annoying to having to see this happen over and over and over again. Uh, You know, let the guy take a damn break for Christ's sake, you know? I just don't get why people are so bent out of shape and just going at this guy aggressively. Like, this guy doesn't owe us any explanation. Like, what the fuck? Like, things can't get worked out backstage. Like, you know, with your boss or whoever. Like, what the fuck? We should be happy that this guy is taking a break, which he fucking deserves, to get his himself back on track. And he told us he's going to come back. But no, instead people are complaining. Oh, well, you said... Come on, man. What the fuck is wrong with people? Like... They don't owe us yeah. anything. They don't owe us an explanation. They it, whatever he's going through, I just want him to be okay. And I and I specifically said that when all these reports were coming out with like his contract situation or if he was reported that he was unhappy, whatever. My biggest thing was like I just want him to be okay. If I which that means if I never see him wrestle again, yes, I will miss him in the ring, but I just want him to be okay from a mental health standpoint. That's my biggest thing when it comes to Malachi Black because he's obviously he's one of the most selfless individuals I've ever met in my life just by the way he interacts with his fan base so like he's just generally a great guy so I just want him to be okay instead he's telling us like hey I'm I'm in the road back to being where I want to be I'm going to come back to AEW I'm still employed by AEW but no people are now pissed off at him because he's like well you said this and blah 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 like come on man listen bro this is the difference between me you and all the other wrestling fans out there it's like we care about their well-beings as human beings so you know we we could take you know the the human side you know and and sympathize for that and you know like i said we're not selfish to the fact of like oh if we never see them wrestle again as long as their health is okay which is the main thing the most important thing then we're okay with that we said that with jeff hardy too it's the same exact thing but all these fans care about is seeing them in the ring, seeing them be world champion. Heck, these guys don't give a flying fuck about any of that. You think Malachi Black right now is is he? You think he cares if he's the world champion right now in AEW? No, he cares about getting his mental health correct, which is way more important and above anything that he could do in the ring. So, listen, I hope he finds the time to take you know the time for himself now and he you know could find some peace and just heal and do whatever he's got to do and eventually we'll see him back but he owes nobody anything and and i just really hope it's ridiculous you know it's it's yeah it, it really is 
let's uh move on to some some stuff that um I I feel like a potential rant's coming. Okay, Dynamite happens this week, and I and I was one of the the, the people that actually enjoyed the show dynamite okay uh because there was like kind of some mixed reviews about the show some people were saying like it was uneventful other people were saying like no it was a really good show i'm on the side that i really enjoyed the show i thought the main event was fucking phenomenal between bandito and chris jericho that main event was oh my god i like i can't praise it enough chris jericho sidebar when we talk about chris jericho i think you know just based on not even just the current work he's doing right now with this ring of honor world title but just if you look at throughout the year of him coming back looking in phenomenal shape and just the series of matches he's had over the year, I'm not saying that he's number one or top five, but I think he needs to make like, he, he might be in the conversation to making the top 10 at least because he's just having a great year. But that's a conversation for like another time. So we have this main event between Bandito and Chris Jericho. And I think people, it's safe to say, and I think people know that I'm a big Bandito guy, right? I'm happy he got this main event. I'm happy he got this showcase. I think if he wasn't hot already, I think this match like elevated his stock even more. But there's a but here. Even though I'm a big fan of Bandito, even though I love the match, I think he looked great. He's a star. My issue is AEW continues to bring uncontracted talent to their program on a frequent basis. That's my issue, and it sucks, and it pains me to say this, especially after this past week, because I love Bandito so much. He's my second favorite luchador right now. Number one is Pentagon. Number two is Bandito. That's how much of a Bandito guy I am, whether it's on GCW, Impact, MLW, when he was at the old Ring of Honor before Ryan took it out, like I've in AAA, and and just everywhere he goes, and obviously in AEW this past week. Like, I can't praise this guy enough. Like, this guy is just fucking amazing. Backstory. It was reported, I think, by Fightful within, like, the last 24 hours. Apparently, he had, like, issues with his, um, with his ring attire. So, this guy is such a fucking professional that he ended up, like, scavenging for, like, different stuff to fucking wear. Like, yeah. that's how much of a professional this guy is. And that's the, I think that's another reason why, not on top of he killed it on, on in the main event, I think that was another reason why it's being reported. We don't know how true it is. It's being reported that Tony did offer him a contract or whatever. Now, yet, we don't know if he signed it or not. That's, a, you know, that's another discussion. But but even with that, we could tie this in with, with what, what I'm having, the problem I'm having with AEW. It's just you keep on bringing these uncontracted talent and these top matches which is fine if you spread it out throughout the year if you don't become if it doesn't become like a something continuous if it doesn't happen often i'm okay with that but the problem is you have like the mirrors of the world you have brody king you have um andrade which we're gonna get into the andrade stuff because there's like a big question mark with that you have all these talents and i know there was a hurricane happening this week that's still going on that that played a factor with some of the um, scheduling and some of the flights but Tony and company continue on bringing un- uncontracted talent to their promotion and giving them the spotlights. Yet, you have all these talents not booked on the show. And we still don't know what the future of Ring of Honor is. So it's like, why don't we focus on getting Ring of Honor a TV deal? Why don't we focus on the contracted talent that we'd have instead of giving all these other people that are not contracted to your promotion these spotlights it just makes no fucking sense and and listen 
Part of me kills me when I say that too because I love Bandito so fucking much. But now with him getting offered this contract, it's like, okay, let's say he signs the deal. Then what happens to Bandito? Yes, his stock is all the way up here because he just had an amazing match with Chris Jericho. Yet, what happens to Bandito after he signs that contract? Is he going to just wrestle on Dark? Are we going to see him every every Wednesday or Friday night on Dynamite and Rampage? What's going to happen here? Because if you follow the bouncing ball, a lot of these talents that signed these deals, like a Miro, like an Andrade, I could keep naming names here. They signed these deals, and then sometimes we don't see them for weeks. Listen, I know this week we had the Hurricane, so that's the reason why we didn't get to see Warlow or Samoa Joe. Warlow's a TNT champion, and we haven't seen this man in two fucking weeks. Why? Yeah, dude, I, I couldn't have said it better. It's so infuriating to see this happen time and time and time again. This is not what I thought AEW was going to be when it first started, man. Everything that Tony Khan was clamoring for, you know, oh, AEW is going to be the alternative and this and that. We're going to do this. We're going to book people the right way and all this stuff. And you see all these old WWE guys coming coming in who were treated unfairly there and never really got a shot. And you think Tony's going to book them better and he doesn't. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, the, he... The, the roster is completely bloated. It's like when WWE signed every single person, and then you know what happened? They ended up releasing everybody. They had a mass release, and then everybody got on their case. I mean, I know they did it during a pandemic, so I don't condone that, but they had no choice but to cut the fat because they could not keep everybody because people were not being used, and that's eventually what's going to have to happen here at AEW. We're already seeing it right now, and I know you said we're going to get into it, so I'm not going to get too into it, mm -hmm. but I'll just cover quickly. Andrade, he's out. He's gone. This ain't no work. He's done, and you know what? I can't blame the guy. I want him to go back to WWE, too, where Triple H possibly knows how to book him better than Tony Khan does. There's going to be a lot more people that are back there that are going to be a get just you know they're gonna be tired of this they're gonna get to a boiling point where it's like okay i've been signed for how long now i'm not getting any opportunities and here they are bringing in juice robinson and bandito and like you said two great guys two great talents love them both but they're not signed and yet here they are one's going toe-to-toe -to -toe with the aew world champ and the other one is in the main event with the ring of honor world champion and again this guy's getting a contract now bandito has he didn't just debut a week ago. This guy's been around. Tony Khan's well aware of who Bandito is, okay? Mm -hmm. He wrestled at All In. Why now are you signing him? Just because he had a great showing against Chris Jericho? Well, let's be honest. He could have put him in there with anybody, and he would have had a good showing. So why now are you signing him when you don't need him? You don't need another talent on the roster. Roosh is another one. They just signed Roosh. Why? Okay, great talent. I don't, I've never really been a huge fan of him, to be honest. I don't really think he offers much other than being a good wrestler. And if he's not with Andrade, I really just don't think that he's got a future. That, that's another, that, why you know, are they, you signing him? So he's been, and the thing is, he's been on TV for like the last two months, three months maybe. Not even signed, And, yeah. and not even signed, which I, I had no idea of that. That's why when we saw the graphic this week, I'm like, wait a minute. Was this supposed to be like Bandito's Ollie? Maybe somebody messed <laughs> up like with the in the graphic, like, um, like, you know, social media department. But no, apparently he signed the deal. And I'm thinking like to myself, I'm like, wait a minute. If he signed just a new deal, was this guy just like on a per appearance deal every time he's been on TV? So now what happens? Like like whether you believe that Andrade's working the people or like you believe that Andrade's really out after next week, what happens to Roosh after next week if Andrade does fucking leave? Like, because like right. to me, and listen, 
Right, and you look at Roosh, and I know you said that you're not necessarily a fan of him, but, like, let's also, like, look at how Roosh has been booked in Ring of Honor and then, like, AAA and stuff. He's been billed as a top guy, right? I don't see him being billed as a top guy in AEW. He hasn't again to this program with Hangman Page, and I and I'm, you would think this match is going to be incredible, which I'm sure it will be. But now that Roosh has signed a deal with AEW, what are you going to do with him? Nothing. Yeah, absolutely nothing. Listen, it's a big, big problem, and I, you know, I know, you know, Dave Meltzer could be controversial or whatnot, but I, I was listening to him on, um, he was uh, talking on Wrestling Observer Live or radio the other day, uh, I think it was yesterday it came out, and one of my friends sent it to me, and it was a clip of him talking about how a lot of the hardcore fans who are fans of AEW, like the original AEW, are either losing interest, dropping off, not watching wrestling anymore. Yep, I and heard now, that clip too. AEW... Yep is having, they have more of a WWE type of fan base, and man, like, it really, like, that's, that's, that's it, like, that's what it is, AEW is not what it was, it, what it once was, and it's not what it was portrayed to be in the beginning, now Tony's bringing in every single former WWE guy, people think, you know, when they debut, it's like, oh, great, they're gonna get a good pop, of course, it's happy to see them, but over time, you realize, you're like, well, Tony doesn't know how to book these guys either. And why is he signing Miro and Claudio and Jeff Hardy and all these former WWE guys when you have guys like Jungle Boy, Sammy G, Darby Allin, Lucha Bros, people that, like, have not gotten that mainstream, like, you know, opportunity yet, who we want to see on the show. And you're featuring all these WWE guys now that... Nobody cares about, and I know Roosh and Bandino aren't WWE guys, but I'm just kind of all tying all of it together. No, all, yeah. the, all the problems and the issues that I have right now with AEW that I think a lot of people have. And it's just, yeah, it's it's really just not hitting for me right now. Listen, I went to Grand Slam. I thought it was a good show. But afterwards, I was like, I walked out of there. I didn't really feel. Not like you I did a year feel. ago. Not like you did a yeah. year ago. Yeah, like a year ago, like coming off of all out and, and uh, Grand Slam full gear. That was a great run where you had CM Punk come in, Adam Cole, Brian right. Danielson. One year later, man, here we are with Roosh, Bandito, and, you know, just uh, Juice Robinson, a bunch of unsigned guys. And uh, Dude, the product right now, like, I don't know, man, it's just not hitting. I don't know what Tony Khan's long-term plan is. Half these guys, Miro, Andrade, you know, all these, I want to see, you know, uh, Malachi. Yes. I want to see them back in WWE. I never thought I would say that. It's 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 a it's a real bad problem, and Tony Khan's got to figure it out. I, I I mean I don't know if he realizes this, but listen, I mean, if F- me and you can. Listen, I don't, it's not FT- really that hard to figure out. FDR faced Aussie Open this past weekend at the Royal Quest New Japan show out in the UK, right? And even them, Dax Harwood, went on the mic and said like, "Hey Tony, brother, we work for you guys too. Book us." What the fuck? Why do they need to listen? And I'm and this is not at all FTR, but I'm just saying, why does it have to get to the point where FTR has to get on the microphone at New Japan saying book us? Why does it have to get to that point? Just book them. Right. Oh, that's another thing too. Oh man, all I heard was this tag team division at AEW is amazing. It's stacked. It's awesome. It's the best one in wrestling, dude. It hasn't been good in two freaking years. They don't not know how to book the tag division at all. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, that's another issue, too, how FTR is not involved in the show every single week. Like you said before, Wardlow was super over, and he's done absolutely nothing with the TNT title. Absolutely nothing. Has barely defended it. He's barely even been on TV. He's teamed with Samoa Joe. It's it's awful. Why? Even Samoa Joe, that's another guy, too. It's like, okay, you're Ring of Honor TV champ. I'm sure once Ring of Honor gets like their shit together and we have a clear-cut future of what that promotion has in store for us, I'm sure Samoa Joe will be involved. In a that's a, way that's if Chris Jericho doesn't kill Ring of Honor. Yeah, right. <laughs> Still my gimmick right there, this guy. Uh, Dude, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he's another one, too. It's like, what is he doing, you know? Like, uh, there's a lot of things wrong with, with AEW right now. It's just not a hot product at all. I, I don't want to say it's not hot because I still do enjoy the show and the crowd still gets rat like rabid, right? But I don't think it was hot and as crazy as it once was last year. You get what I'm saying? Because like people still enjoy going to these shows and you could tell by like the crowd reactions, right? But it's just not as hot as it was like a year ago. So I definitely don't want to say that the, sh- the the show is not enjoyable and the and the and the show isn't hot. The problem is. Just how they're booking these talents and how some of these talents ain't getting booked. And then you have, like, this over-fucking-sized roster for no apparent reason. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I just fear that Tony Khan now, he's getting in, into ahead of himself now. Like, he's seeing all these these merchandise sales. He's seeing all these, um, you know, the, the TV um, ratings and all that. He's seeing, like, all the, the ticket sales and the live gates and, and the pay-per-view numbers that they're doing. And... He's just satisfied with, you know, like, just making as much money. Like, you know, again, like, the Vince, Vince approach. Like, Vince was just happy with all the, you know, the, the all, all the money he was making from all these different, um, you know, companies and, and, and clients and businesses and things like that. Things that he was doing outside of, like, the TV product. He was just happy collecting his money, and he didn't care what type of, type of product he was putting out on television. Now, I think Tony Khan definitely cares about the product he's putting out on television, 100%. And yeah, I, I, I enjoy the show to a degree, of course, but I just feel like it's just really all about growing AEW into being like WWE. And like, you know, I think, I forget if Vince compared it to, to this at one point. I think he did, but he compared like WWE to Disney. Like he wants WWE to be like Disney. Mm-hmm. I fear that's how Tony Khan's going to want AEW to be like too. Uh, I mean, hey, listen, I know he, he cares about the wrestling. He's a diehard wrestling fan, but I just feel like, He's getting into to ahead of him into I don't even know what, what the right terminology is way and over his head I think I yes. want to say I think that's what it, what it was so I'm gonna roll with that um, but yeah it's just I don't really know man he, there's a lot of issues and and just <laughs> the same issues keep happening over and over and over and over and over again and the biggest thing is bringing in unsigned talent and eventually signing them and then just pushing each talent that you sign down the pedestal one after another, after another, after another. I mean, I could literally sit here and do a whole two-hour show and talk about each talent that they have signed. Some have been signed from the very beginning, before AEW even had TV, that aren't featured at all and have not been in a long time. They're still back there collecting a paycheck, and there's probably been, like, 300 people that have gotten signed since then that, you know, are doing more than they have. Then also, let's also, let's address the elephant in the room, too, right? Like... We talk about these people not getting booked, and then we talk about the people that keep on getting brought in that are not even signed to the promotion. But then let's also talk about the people that are suspended and hurt that are not on your show because some are injured and then some are suspended. So that's another couple of people there. So it's like, 
what the fuck, yeah. man? Like, yeah, dude, there's so much. There's so many freaking people on this goddamn roster, man. It's 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 truly unbelievable. And like I said, Andrade is gonna be the first one, uh, you know, to dip out. And there's gonna be plenty more. I feel like that follow him um, to either go back to WWE or do something completely different. Because like I said, and I can't blame them for getting frustrated backstage because I would feel the same exact way. So you so you would think too, just how. AW has been run as of late, right? You would think that there's like a lot of cooks in the kitchen, but there isn't. It's just Tony. <laughs> right, and that that's also another issue. That's another issue. He needs some help back there. He can't do everything. He's trying to do everything back there. He wear all the hats and I mean we've said time and time again, he needs some help, but he's got some great minds back there. He's got William Regal, he's got Tony Schiavone, he's got Jerry Lynn, um, he's got Dean Malenko. Dude, I mean, these guys... Listen, man, you know what? I I know he said he said publicly as many times that he wouldn't want to take that position. But, you know, I feel like giving the keys to Chris Jericho would do wonders. Yeah, that too. I mean, Jericho's stepped up in recent weeks, obviously, with being a locker room leader and everything. He's been around the block, and, and he knows what's, what's, you know, what's good, what's not. I mean, look, look, just look at the, what he's doing in ring now. He's completely reinventing himself time and time and time and time again, and... God, he's one of the best things going right now. And I didn't think a few months ago I'd be saying that about Chris Jericho. So, yeah, I, I would definitely make him some sort of authority authority figure backstage too if he wants it because this guy, he knows his shit. So let's uh, let's talk about Chris Jericho real quick. So obviously he had a phenomenal match with Bandito on, I was going to say Monday Night Raw, <laughs> on, on the AEW Dynamite. <laughs> I, I thought the match was just amazing, right? And... I just look at Chris Jericho and I'm like, yo, you know, at fi- I think he's 51, 52 years old. He's taking these unnecessary bumps to get these guys over. A year ago, this guy had a death match with Nick Gage. Man, what a fucking, what a pro, bro. What a pro. I, I can't, I can't even speak even higher for Chris Jericho. But now he's actually like added some life to like the Ring of Honor brand with him, you know, like the the man that now wants to take out Ring of Honor. And the fact that now he's saying that he's going to take out, like, and beat every former Ring of Honor world champion, I think, well, at least any Ring of Honor, former Ring of Honor world champion that's available, right? Because obviously he's not going to face everyone. But I like this story of him being anti-Ring of Honor and just facing off with former Ring of Honor world champions. I, I do love this story a lot. Yeah, dude, this is the most invested I've been in the Ring of Honor world championship in freaking forever, bro. I've been really... And he's, like, the one champion that I've been interested in the most, too. I mean, really, like, who's the last Ring of Honor world champion that I actually, like, cared about? I'm even being dead serious. Like, even going back to when Ring of Honor had, like, the elite there. Like, I really think the last one... Adam Cole? Might be Cody. Oh, Cody, Cody. Oh, Adam, Adam Cole? Well... Well, Adam, Adam Cole, Cole the champion after the, Cody? No, 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 that was before Cody. So there was then Cody, then it was Dalton Cody Castle. Cody dropped to Dalton Castle. Dalton Castle, then it was, uh, uh, I think it was, uh, Dalton Castle, then after Dalton Castle, it was Jay Lethal, then after Jay Lethal, it was Matt Taven, then after Matt Taven, it was, uh, Roosh, yep. then after Roosh, it yep, was... Yep, 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 so Cody Rhodes. <laughs> Cody Rhodes. I don't care about anything. I'll, I'll say, I'll say... <laughs> I'll say for me, okay, this is me. The last time I was really, really invested as someone being Ring of Honor World Champion, I'll say Bandito. And then even like some of the stuff Jonathan Grisham was doing after post Ring of Honor, after you took it out. When Jonathan Grisham was Ring of Honor World Champion, I felt like it actually meant something because he was defending it in all these different promotions. That's why I really enjoyed his run too. So yeah, that's totally fair. 
I said last week, I'm happy Claudio got that accolade. I'm happy that he finally won a world title. But him being champion meant lesser than because the way it was portrayed on AEW TV. He was defending the yep. championship on Dark. Then he wasn't part of this ladder match to compete for another world title. It didn't mean anything. If you wanted the Ring of Honor world title to mean something, you would have had called you defend the title at the actual pay-per-view instead of being com- competing in the ladder match. But now yep. with Chris Jericho having the Ring of Honor world title, and obviously you saw him defending it, defending the title against Bantino this past week in the main event, now it's like you have the AEW world title and you have the Ring of Honor world title. Yeah, no, totally, 100%. That's why I was at Grand Slam, I was rooting heavily for Chris Jericho because I knew that he would offer more to the Ring of Honor world title than, than Claudio would. And again, that's no disrespect to Claudio, but it's just like Chris Jericho is not defending the, the belt on Dark. Like you said, he's just not going to do that. He just defended it in the main event of Dynamite, okay? So, like, he's he's going to make that interesting. He's already making it interesting. Okay? He's facing Brian Danielson again in Toronto for, for the title, and he's coming after every former Ring of Honor world champ. So I, I'm curious to see if, you know, Adam Cole eventually comes back and challenges him. Like, dude, like, I'm invested in what's going on right now. And, uh, I mean, listen, Chris Jericho has a knack for doing that, man, for bringing things, you know, back to importance and, and making things interesting. So for everybody that's, you know, beaten up Chris Jericho over the years and, you know, past few months, I should say, uh, I was one of them. I was very just like, ugh, don't really care about Chris Jericho or care to see him in the ring. But got to hand it to him, man. He constantly makes things fun and interesting and intriguing and you know even the Jericho Appreciation Society how much did we bury that at first the we, name I hated the name and, and the, the people in the group and it's like oh why didn't they or well, why are they doing this just keep the inner circle yeah. I didn't hate necessarily the formation of the group I just hated the name at first but now I love it because it's it just yeah, right, exactly. it, it, it's so comical it's so comical I'm a big fan of 2.0 I think Matt Menard Angela Parker I think they're fucking hilarious like Man, I really enjoyed this stable. And now we're having, like... It seems like Danny Garcia is going to be out of the Jericho Appreciation Society. He's not already out already. And he might potentially join the Blackpool Combat Club. So I think that's an interesting story. I think there's an interesting story to be told between Sammy G and, Dan- and Daniel Garcia, too. Uh, yeah, that's... I mean, that's funny. We've been talking about Chris Sherrick on the Ring of Honor World title. We have not even mentioned Daniel Garcia. I think there's a possibility that they could be, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously not anytime soon or whatever, uh, because, you know, they're going to hopefully get TV, and then they want Chris Jericho to be the, the champion for a reason. But eventually, man, I feel like they could potentially be planting seeds for Daniel Garcia becoming Ring of, Ring of Honor World Champion eventually, you know, mm-hmm. with with everything that's going on here, too. I mean, I know he's the pure champ right now. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Daniel Garcia is getting over in a big way because of this, too. So that's, that's another positive. Jericho gets these young guys over in the process of, you know, putting himself over. I saw an interesting theory online where maybe they won't do this at Final Battle because I feel like it's too soon. And especially if they're trying to get Ring of Honor TV deal, I wouldn't necessarily do it. I'll still kind of keep that Ring of Honor world title on Jericho. But maybe for the anniversary show, which if I'm not mistaken, will be like late February, early March. Oh, no, but that's, that's revolution. Well, anyways, maybe they could probably figure it out somewhere, somewhere around there. Maybe they could do it after like revolution. But... Around that time for the anniversary show for Ring of Honor, maybe you have, if Danny Garcia is still that pure champion, you have him unify the title with Chris Jericho's world title, kind of like Brian Danielson did with uh, Nigel McGuinness back in the day. Yeah, yeah, I think that could be a definite possibility. That's, that's, that's intriguing stuff to me, so... Yeah, I mean, hey, listen, Tony Khan uh, says 
said that he's a massive fan of Ring of Honor. He knows their history, so I wouldn't put that past him at all. Yeah, that's uh, that's one. You know, we kind of not that we buried AEW, but we kind of like talked about like just some things that we haven't been liking. But when it comes to this Ring of Honor story now with Jericho holding the title. I've really been enjoying it, man. So far, they 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 knocked it out of the park so far, and just the thoughts of him just facing off with former like Ring of Honor World Champions, like a Samoa Joe, like an Adam Cole, if he's back and healthy, like a Kyle Riley, which it doesn't that doesn't seem likely just based on the injury and the surgery he had, or like um, Dalton Castle or Jay Lethal, or you know the list goes on and on. Christopher Daniels, like they have like former Ring of Honor World Champions on their roster. So they could definitely do it, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I said, they have plenty of, of uh, you know, former Ring of Honor champions and, and wrestlers in general that have history with Ring of Honor on the roster. So, absolutely. All right, let's um, mention, uh, we, we did talk about Andrade before. So if you haven't watched Rampage, they did announce that Andrade is going to face, it's 10, right? 10 from the Dark Order? Oh, so, yeah, 10. Yeah, okay, so like he, mask. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 mask. the mask gimmick. So he's gonna face ten, and if Andrade wins, he gets to take uh, ten's mask, and then he joins, you know, La Facción Ingobernable. But if Andrade loses, he leaves AEW. I found that very interesting because at first I'm like, what is Andrade doing? Like, is he being like serious? Which don't get me wrong, if he's serious, he has the absolute right to feel this way of him, you know, free, free Andrade. He wants out. And he's been doing all these teases with him doing the, the suck it sign backstage on dynamite. Like you see him doing all this stuff or whatever. I'm like, what is he doing? Is he like really trolling or, or like he really wants out. And then they throw this stipulation here. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm kind of like indecisive here. Like if he really does leave next week, Hey, more power to him. Cause like he's been booked like shit on AEW. Okay. But then there's also part of me too. That especially with like all this dirt sheet stuff, like it wouldn't shock me either if they're working the dirt sheets. I know a lot of people are saying that, but like, if it's a work, what's the point? Where's it going? What's the payoff? Right. Is Andrade gonna end up taking the AEW World Championship in a complete swerve that nobody saw coming? Like, dude, no. Like, he's literally like gonna be doing the same thing he's been doing now, like being booked like shit and like. I just feel like, like I said, you, you never truly know because, right. yeah, I mean, you know, wrestlers work the dirt sheets all the time, but I can't see this being a work uh, by any means. I really can't. Now, I am shocked that Tony Khan is booking something like this. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, Andrade's deal has to be up because there's no way he's releasing him. So his contract has to be up, and right. Andrade probably told him, listen— I ain't signing that. Oh, yeah. you know, I ain't signing contract extension. So this is their way of, of writing him off. Yep. Um, but after after Roosh just signed the deal. <laughs> yeah, right. As as Roosh is putting pen to the paper, Andrade's like, see ya. Uh, very very odd. But um, you know, hey, I guess Roosh will take Andrade's spot in catering. So he'll just uh, you know he'll 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 keep the seat warm with uh, you know with Jose the assistant, and uh, yeah, he'll just he'll he'll just do a whole lot of nothing. So. But yeah, no, to me, in my opinion, and hey, I'll leave my words on it next week if, if it turns out to be a work, but no shot, in my opinion. How about if Tony goes like, listen, this is what we're going to do, Andrade. Just sign sign another another year with a clause. If you're not happy, you could you you have 
uh, the right to you know say like I'm you know I'm requesting my release, but this is what we're gonna do for you, Andrade. What we're gonna do is we're gonna have a tournament to crown the AEW Latin American uh, champion. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. And, and you're gonna be the first. You're gonna be the first ever AEW Latin American champion. Yeah, that that belt could be defended as many times as the Atlantic Championship has been. Christ, what a what a freaking what a waste of time! Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh man, it it pains me to say this because man, does AEW have such a great roster and it's oversized, right? But yeah, what the fuck, man? Listen, like I said, I was saying before, I get this past week we had the hurricane situation and there was a lot of travel issues, but what the fuck? Warlow's your TNT champion and we haven't seen the man in two weeks. It's awful. <laughs> it's, it's just god awful. But it's, you I, have I FTR, okay, have three different sets of tag titles. They weren't even booked for Grand Slam. Yeah, listen, man, I... I, I... These are problems that have been problems for a long time now, and it's just I don't know what to say about it. Anymore. You know, really you know don't. what I would love to see, bro. It would never. Happen. I mean, but what I would love to see is I don't know what FTR's deals are. I really don't, don't, don't know. Let's say for whatever reason they either get released or the contract is up with AEW. They drop the Ring of Honor titles before they leave, but they still hanging on to the IWGP and AAA titles, and they show up on WWE TV with those titles. <laughs> Oh my God! Wouldn't that be something, huh? Cause it's just, I just don't. It, 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 door, baby. Dude, it just pains me, bro. All this fucking pains me. Like I hate to see Dax Harwood and Andrade are and Miro are vocal, like on social media or at these shows. I get why they're vocal and more power to them doing it. But it just pains me to see that it has to get to that point where they have to be vocal on either social media or at these shows, yet all you got to do is just book these guys. It's not hard. That's it. That's it. That's literally all you got to do. I, I mean, and, and you're not talking about some, like, you know, D-grade talent here. You're not like, talking about, like, a, like, you're not talking about, like, some Joe Bear, like, Fuego Del Sol, that actually right. got booked this past week. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. He got some TV time. Yeah, good. I'm glad he did. <sighs> they must have been really, uh, they must have been really, really short-staffed with this, with this hurricane. I mean, I'm sure that, you know, I, and again, I'm not, it's not an excuse, because, of course, you know, a lot of... Uh, the wrestlers I think are from like Florida and, and places like that, so I understand that. But I mean, Jesus Christ, man! Wake up, Del Sol. Remember what a big deal they made when he signed? Oh my God! <sighs> what the fuck, bro? Um, all right, let's let's laugh a little bit because we're we're not gonna get answers, bro. We're not gonna come up with answers at all for any of this. We're just not. Even if it happens at AEW, that's all we want, right? Like we wanted to see these towns get booked and. Get treated properly, not just sign them to these deals and do nothing with them. That's all we want. I know, and that's really not asking for too much. <sighs> I, mean, I don't think so. <laughs> all right, let's, let's let's laugh a little bit before we we kind of wrap up here. But so we have next week we have two go home shows within Raw and SmackDown next week, leading into Extreme Rules. Okay, we also have, which I feel like it's going to be big for AEW. We also have on Friday night. We have a live rampage and a live battle of the belts, which is gonna feel like ultimately kind of gonna feel like a dynamite. Cause I, I feel like it's, since it's live, they're gonna like try to book it like you know with some heavy hitters. All right, they already announced Pac and Trent Beretta for the 
the All-Atlantic Championship. I think that's happening in Battle of the Belts. And then you have the Andrade and 10 of it all for Rampage, the live Rampage. And I feel like more matches are going to be announced for both shows. They're really adding shit to these shows next week, okay? Which is going to be good. Now, this is the part that we're going to laugh a little bit. So while you have SmackDown happening on Friday night, and then you have this Rampage and then followed by a Battle of Belts that they're going to be live shows, which is great, right? You know what else is happening on Friday night, Ryan? What else is happening? The, if, I would, if I would have my buttons here right now, if I would have oh, my drops. Oh, yes, I know what's <laughs> happening. Yes. It's Impact Bound for Glory. I would Greatest definitely hit, I would I would definitely hit the congratulations because man I feel bad because I really do enjoy the impact product as a whole. And I know we were talking about like the criticisms over like the women's, you know, division overall, like in AEW and, and WWE, but like this past week on Impact, they, they put on like a banger of a main event between Ali Catch and, Ma- and Masha Slamovich, where they 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 had a GCW style match on Impact Wrestling, okay, and the match was great. But what the fuck? Why would you want to have Bound for Glory, your biggest quotations here, your biggest pay per view of the year on a Friday, and now you're having some stiff ass fucking competition, not only from SmackDown, but now you're having it from AEW too. So it's like, come on, man, you got to do better. And I get it. Extreme Rules is that weekend, too. It's happening on a Saturday, but would it have killed you to have Bound for Glory on a Sunday? I mean, yeah, to be completely fair, Impact has had this date for a while now. So, like, that's like Tony Khan just, like, I guess not even realizing or, I don't know, maybe doing it on purpose or whatever. But, yeah, in general, you don't run your so-called biggest pay-per-view of the year on a Friday night in general when you have Smackdown on that night you have Rampage for whatever you know again I know they're stacking it next next week but normally Rampage is shit but yeah I mean would it really kill you I mean really Sunday nights Sunday night pay-per-view you couldn't just pick one uh, Sunday night in October that neither show was running and you know they're not going to add shows in there and run your pay-per-view then listen this is why and again you know, the Impact product, good, bad, whatever you feel about it, you know, you, you, I know you're a big fan of it, I know a lot of people say it's great, I'm sure it is, this is my biggest problem, and I love wrestling, this is my biggest problem as to why I could never fully, probably ever again, invest that much in Impact Wrestling, it's because it's really hard to take serious when they do things like this, and to me, it just makes it feel like it's really not special, it really doesn't mean anything, nobody's talking about it, that's going to be the third wrestling show or the third or the fourth right or well is battle battle the belts and is happening the night after rampage no, no battle the belts is happening right after rampage so you're right getting after it okay so, so you're getting two hours oh of aw on friday so that's gonna be the fourth that's gonna be like the fourth show of the of that friday night when I mean, you would think, right? It's Impact's biggest show of the year. It should be the number one. Nobody, again, listen. Nobody you know what's so crazy? Because this, like, next weekend is a very heavy wrestling weekend, right? So you have Friday, you have SmackDown, you have the Rampage, followed by Battle of the Belts, then you have Bound for Glory. Okay, like nobody's talking about Bound for Glory, unfortunately. Then that weekend you have Extreme Rules, and then you have GCW Fight Club. People are talking more about GCW Fight Club than they're talking about Bound for Glory. Of course, of course. Dude, I'd freaking talk about Triple A, Triple Mania, and CMLL's 
uh, whatever the hell it is, uh, you know, stardom's pay-per-view rather than Impact. I mean, and listen, like, it's, it's all fun and games. Like, hey, I respect Impact. I'm glad it exists because it needs to exist, you know, to keep the business alive. But <laughs> goddamn, bro. Like, Jesus Christ. I mean, the Impact's been in the same spot it's been in for the past, like, decade already so, at this point. And, I-, I came to a realization when I was, like, doing my notes for this episode, you know, just talking about, like, why would they? Why would they have this on a Friday? And also, you did say like they had this date. Check this out. They changed the date to Friday because they realized they were going to go head to head with Extreme Rules. So they changed it to Friday. Why not change it to Sunday? <laughs> right. Or maybe wait a week yeah. for next week. Why don't do that? Wait another week. Right. Right. <laughs> all I can say is impact, bro. LOL impact. That's really all I can say about it. And it's it's a shame. So I came to this realization too. Coming from how the sh- how Impact started the year from Heart to Kill, they started off with a lot of momentum, and then I look at how the year progressed, and then little by little it started deteriorating, deteriorating, deteriorating. Don't get me wrong, this, the weekly shows is still good to watch, but they don't have the same momentum they had when they started the year. And I I think I've said that over and over and over again. It's like Impact has momentum; they have buzz after their pay per views. They have yet to follow up on any buzz that they have ever had. When they had that summer where all these free agents were coming in, these former WWE guys were coming in, they were hot. They were very, very hot. And then they just, again, just faded away again like they like they typically do. And that's the biggest problem. They get these little spurts here and there. They got they bring in Jay White last year at Slammiversary, right? Mm-hmm. They think we think we're gonna get this bullet club PC invasion nope. war and impacts. Nope. They, they did not follow up on that. It's uh, yeah, it's it's just something that I just don't know if they're ever going to have success with because again, they're not a popular wrestling promotion. They're not mainstream. They they've been around long, a really long time. I think like fifteen plus years already at this point, and good for them. But they just they're never gonna be at the level that they probably want to be, and where a company of that old should probably be. You know, fifteen years into it, like they should be at the top of the game or close to the top but they will never reach that so i'm gonna i'm gonna share this with you and i don't know if you knew this so you remember a conrad show the rick flair last match remember you gave me a congratulations yep. for ordering remember remember what we were talking about we made like a whole yep. spiel about it. okay so oh, yeah. that pay-per-view the visual the camera work the, the the broadcast overall right like we had different like parts involved in it you know like AEW, triple a um, impact obviously MLW etc you had it was kind of like I had like an all-in field because you had all these different people like working together to bring you this right but like the production standpoint of the show was all handled by impact okay I don't know a lot of people knew that but it was all handled by impact Conrad has said it on his podcast I believe with Jarrett when they were talking about it like he gave so much credit to impact and uh, Scott Diamore how he's been uh, such a great partner for the show etc whatever right so I want to say after that episode, it was a really low rent rumor. I feel like Sean Ross Sapp and maybe even Brian Alvarez kind of said it like tongue in cheek and kind of said it like under their breath. Like it wasn't something that got like a lot of traction. But apparently there's like a really, really low, I'm talking about lowest of the low rumor that Conrad and Jeff might try to buy Impact Wrestling. I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't. I feel like if they do that, they might. Because, you know, there's... There's all this talk of them uh, of of a new wrestling promotion. How about yeah, you just take Impact to the 
promised land, and I'm saying that with quotes, promised land. Why, why invest in a whole new company where you have to sign all this new talent when you have a company like Impact where Jeff Jarrett has, uh, you know. He was the founder. Market. He was the founder. Yeah. Why don't you just take that with the talent that's there already, the TV deal that they have, and take that to the next level? I mean, yeah, to me, that's a no-brainer. I feel like I feel like if Conrad and, and Jeff was to buy Impact Wrestling, I feel like they would try to shop around for a better deal. I feel like I can't. I, I feel I, like they would not want them to stay at um what, access. What, access. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know uh, what else? People, <laughs> people, people don't even get access. That's why they had to stream it on Twitch. I mean, yeah, it's, it's not a good I completely, I, I completely draw, I draw a blur. I was like, where are they on again? Oh yeah, access. Yeah, right. We're on Destination America still. Remember when they were on Pursuit? Oh God, dude! So many dog comment or whatever comment was. Oh. I was like, dude, that, that was the name of my dog's name. I'm like, I don't even know. Like, I don't know, it was a TV channel. We're, we're listen. We're giving Impact the congratulations for having Bound for Glory on a Friday. But it does make me a little bit sad that with the amount of talent they have, and they generally do put out a good weekly product. It's an enjoyable watch. The problem is one, it's hard to watch, and two, going back to what you said, and I added on to that. Compare on the buzz they had after Hard to Kill. Little by little, I feel like after Rebellion, because Rebellion was a really good pay-per-view as well, I feel like after Rebellion, like the weeks after Rebellion, little by little, they started that momentum started dying down. And I feel like when people were talking about going into Hard to Kill and people were talking about Rebellion and people were even talking about Slammiversary, not many people were talking about Bound for Glory, unfortunately. Nope. And, you know, it's... it's... I don't want to say it's completely impacts doing, but a lot of it's on them. You know, it's unfortunately the way it's it, it's been going for them. And like I said, they have a great product. They have a, you know it's decent. They got good talent. Great. <sighs> Fortunately, that's not enough. You know, if nobody's talking about it, like I said, if a tree you know falls in the woods and nobody hears it, you know, the tree really fall. It's the same exact thing. If it's a great product and they're putting on great shows and they got all this great talent, uh, you know, but not a lot of people are watching it. It's not getting the views, uh, the viewership. It's not, you know, progressing to be on a new network. It's not making money, the company as a whole. Then what good is it, you know? So. Yeah, man. I kind of do hope that um, Conrad and Jared and company do, uh, they kind of end up buying Impact and, and do something with it, man. Because. It, yeah, it's I mean, a, it, that's a total no-brainer. Yeah. All right, I think that's it, bro. I think we covered everything. Next weekend, there will be no show because I will be attending... I will be in Atlantic City for GCW Fight Club weekend, and low-key, I will be like, man, I wish I kind of was at Extreme Rules too, but... <laughs> I'll give I'll give my congratulations I'll give myself a congratulations the following week to see if um if I regret it or not but GCW both nights both uh, night one and night two both cards look good and we have the big the big one which is Moxley and Gage uh, career versus title so that's gonna headline night one so that should be a really good match yeah yeah it should be good I'll definitely be keeping my eyes peeled on that uh, as well and yeah there'll be no show next week so will we return in two weeks. And that's about it. Uh, Ryan, give me your plugs in. All right, at Lucha Outsiders on uh, Insta- uh, Instagram. Not Instagram, Twitter. Jeez, what am I saying? I'm like, uh, I'm like a little out of it this morning. Yeah, on, uh, well, I mean, yeah, on Instagram too, but mm-hmm. that's not what I was plugging. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, 
uh, at Luke Outsiders on Twitter. I'm trying to be more active on there. So definitely give it a follow. I'd appreciate it. You can follow me at RadarSys87. Make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm not going to give you the spiel about where you can find us on the podcast feed, etc. Because if you're listening to the show, because there was no live show today, you know where to find us. Also, cheap plug real quick. There will be no show next week, but I am going to be doing a podcast out there in AC with my guy Don Sean from Talking Elite Show. He covers wrestling, he covers MMA. Uh, really cool dude, and he reached out to me um, to do a kind of like a sit down, talk some wrestling, maybe even talk some personal shit. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there, but make sure you look out for that. Once I do the show, and once it's out there, I will be reposting it on our page at Lucha Outsiders Everywhere. So make sure you stay tuned for that. So there will be a show, just not a Lucha Outsiders show, sometime next week. So be on the lookout for that. For the old man Leo that's not here for Ryan Radar, I'm yours truly, Mr. Radar. Till next time, keep it Radar and stay too sweet. Goodbye! And good night, Ben!